Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and plants and pets that are important to you. This past week I began editing the manuscript for a novel I intend to publish in late summer or early fall of 2024. For the last 10 years, my pattern has been that I write the first draft of a story in the month of November, and on January 1st, I begin editing 10 pages every day until I've gone through the entire manuscript from start to finish 12 times, changing things, adding things, removing things, until I feel like the story is as good as it can be. This is how I've managed to write, edit, and self-publish the 11 novels that are all available currently for purchase worldwide in both ebook and paperback formats via Amazon. If you don't use Amazon, you can find and buy all 11 of my stories in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, which is spelled M A S C O L A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you've already bought any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. Hello, people are the enemy listeners. It's good to have you along. Glad you're checking out the podcast. Thank you for doing that. You're in the right place, as always. You are now rocking with the best. Come on, baby. Give it to me. Do you love the breeders? Of course you do. Cannonball? That's not what this song is. This is the She from their 2002 album titled TK. Alright. Give it to me, Kim. Come on, baby. Where are you? How good is her voice? Oh my god. I'm melting. So good! Alright, let's back it down. I do love it. Drove around the other day listening to that album. Just getting in my feels. My god. Breeders, so good. Is Title TK as good as Last Splash? No, I don't think so. I think Last Splash 
is uh, is a damn good album. But I'll tell you what, and this may be controversial to other Breeders fans, but I think their first album, their first proper full-length album, I'll put it that way, The Pod, is their best. Better than Last Splash. I said it! I said it! Look! Steve Albini producing that masterpiece. 10 out of 10. The Pod. Maybe maybe my favorite album of the 90s. My favorite rock album of the 90s. I love that album. Holy God, is it good. The Pod. But again, that was, uh, that was from their 2002 album, the song we just heard. Or the part of the song we just heard. Uh, from their 2002 album, Title TK. Uh, that was a song called The She. And uh, that's a great, great album, too. Uh, you can't go wrong with the Breeders. You can't go wrong with Kim Deal. You put Kim Deal in anything, and it's amazing. Just an incredible, incredible songwriter. Incredible vocalist. Incredible musician. So, so talented. Oh, what hath Ohio given us? The Pretenders. The Deal Sisters. Shoot. You name it. I was watching The Bear, which is not, which does not take place in Ohio. <laughs> it takes place in Chicago. It's very obvious. <laughs> and uh, I like it. It's, you know, I know I'm late. I get it. I, I think, what is it, three seasons deep? And I just literally just started watching it. And uh, I'm about, what, the fourth episode. And uh, this whole calling... Cousins calling each other cousin is so odd. Is that a Chicago thing? That's really strange to me. If, you, if you've never seen this show, it's about, um, it's about a, a young guy whose brother takes his own life. After having taken his own life, he, the, the, the other brother has to take care of this restaurant in Chicago. And the odd thing about this restaurant is uh, nobody seems to do the dishes. They seem to create a lot of dirty dishes, but the one thing you never see in this restaurant, although you see the kitchen often, or, you know, it's the kitchen, What what's going on in the kitchen on the bear is, what, 75% of the show? <laughs> like, But you never see anybody doing dishes, like washing dishes. <laughs> And the other thing you never see is, like, you never see patrons or, like, where they're eating. And I'm, I'm not saying it's bad because of that. It's just different, you know. But the dialogue is so good. And the two leads are amazing. Amazing. Jeremy Allen White, of course, is very, very hot at the moment. Very popular. We talked a little bit about Jeremy Allen White's popularity on the last episode. But this other guy that plays the uh, the cousin, that plays the Richard character, oh my gosh, is this guy good? Does he chew up every scene he's in? And he's got some kind of weird fascination with Philip K. Dick. I don't know if <laughs> if I'm the only one who picked up on that. But uh, at one point, the entire kitchen staff is sitting down to have dinner together. And they're going around the table talking about what they're grateful for. And he says, I'm grateful for Philip K. Dick. And nobody blinks an eye. And I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> okay. And then there was another scene. And again, I'm only four episodes in. 
uh, where he comes in, he says, what's up, replicants, <laughs> to his co-workers. But it's not like he's, like, a crazy, like, book nerd or sci-fi, like, nerd. He, he mocks nerds. There's been a scene where he, like, screams at a bunch of, uh, a bunch of, like, uh, fanboys who are waiting to play some kind of video game in their, in their lounge or their lobby. And he says, all you 4 Wait, well, he says something like, all you QAnon 4chan... What does he put? How does he put it? QAnon 4chan something else. MRFers. <laughs> Incel MRFers, whatever. It's pretty funny. I think there was another reference to something else in that little rant. But yeah, so watching the bear, that's cool. Speaking of food and restaurants, I'm gonna... I'm gonna eat a Mr. Goodbar while... While I'm talking to you here, because I haven't had dinner. You know, last week, that was another thing. Last week we talked about girl dinner, the definition of girl dinner. This is boy dinner, Mr. Goodbar. Do you like a Mr. Goodbar? It's just like milk chocolate and peanuts. Mmm. And I've got cranberry juice here. Near that. I'm going to have some cranberry juice just to wake my... Sorry, took us up. Oh, that's nice. I got some stories to tell you. I um, was taking my dog to get a rabies shot. And uh, she hates the, the car. Absolutely hates it. The dog will sit on the passenger seat and she'll press her nose right up to my thigh between the emergency brake and my leg, and um, we'll just kind of bury her head until, and shake, she, she will literally shake, it's, it's really sweet and sad, <laughs> and I will stroke her ears one after the other, kind of just kind of, uh, my hand like a wave, kind of pulling her ears, going from one ear to the other, very gently, to, uh, so she'll re be relaxed in the car, and uh, I'll use my other hand to uh, steer, but uh, we were on our way downtown to get uh, a rabies shot, because she was due. And I looked over to my left, and what do I see in, in another car but a woman flossing her teeth while driving. And not with a pick. <laughs> Literally like a two-hand floss. While driving. <laughs> you know I love to see this stuff. I love to see the weird stuff. I love to see women doing things in cars, men doing things in cars, people doing things in cars that they wouldn't otherwise be doing. And I was like, where is she going? And I look into the plaza that she's pulling into, I swear to God, dentist. <laughs> you believe that, man? She had a dentist appointment, man. She was going to the dentist. She was getting a flossing before she, uh, she had to see the doc. Let me finish this chocolate. Mm-hmm. Roasted peanuts in every bite. That's the promise of a Mr. Good Bar. So good. All right. So, yeah. Took my dog for a rabies shot. It was like a vet clinic at a Petco. And we get there. And I get her out of the car. And I'm walking her to the doors. You know, sliding, you know, electronic doors. And she takes a big dump. <laughs> About eight feet in front of the front doors. 
I was like, oh dear. And I don't have anything with me to pick it up. And this family comes walking out, and they see this is what they see. It's just me, you know, my dog's on a leash, doing her thing, like right there in the middle of the parking lot in front of God and the world. <laughs> They're laughing. I just like, I kind of shrugged. I was just like, she gets the nervous poops. And they were like, oh, you know. Then I get her inside, and I'm trying to check her in, and she won't sit still, and she is psyched. Like, is you know, you'd think a dog would be nervous, but I think because it's a Petco, she just knows that, like, oh... This is a place for dogs, you know, and she sees other dogs there because other people are there with the same purpose, you know, getting rabies shots and whatnot, and it's obviously pet friendly. And she's got the biggest smile on her face, and she won't stand still. And this poor kid is checking me in, and he's got like a tablet. He's trying to take a picture of Lola. That's my dog, by the way, if you don't know. And she won't sit still. And I'm trying to give him information. I've got a folder there with all her medical records. And then uh, he looks down and goes, whoops, looks like she had an accident. And she had, she's, she pooped outside, peed inside. It's <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> she was excited. I had to, so I had to say, all right. So fortunately this kid was real nice. He said, let me, let me hold your, I mean, if he was real nice, he would have cleaned it up himself. But no, he was, I mean, obviously I'm going to take care of the mess my dog makes. But uh, he said, let me hold the, um. The leash for you and I said thank you so much he held the leash they have a whole you know it's obviously it's, it's, a, it's a petco they probably have accidents every hour there you know what I mean so they've got like a big spool of paper towels and spray and trash can and everything and gloves and all this so using everything but uh, they were wonderful they they, they had a uh, vet on site he took a look at Lola gave me the thumbs up guess we're doing a good job her weight was good her ears looked good, her teeth looked good, and uh, she was wonderful. She was wonderful for the shot. They, you know, obviously, you know, you, you don't want to, you know, if the dog's going to do her business, she hopefully does it outside of the uh, the establishment, which she did. She peed inside, can I complain? No, <laughs> can't complain. But yeah, one of the, the nurses there, like, held her and was just really sweet with her while the doctor gave her a shot the rabies shot, and she was such a good girl. I was so proud of her. And uh, we got out of there with all the paperwork and the forms I need to get her registered, get her dog license for the city. Uh, so I was I was thrilled. That happened. Hmm. What else, what else happened? I made a list of things that I wanted to share with you. And uh, it was pretty considerable. Oh, I joined a chess club this week. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, the thing was, like, I thought to myself, I got a lot of stuff going on in my life, but I looked at this chess club, which somebody had started at work, and I like chess. I don't love chess. Am I good at it? Eh. I'm okay, you know. You know, it used to be, I, I, I was, I used to be a lot better, because I used to play more often, but, um, but, uh, you know, I run this book club at work, and one of the fellas in my book club, who's in the UK, started a chess club for the company and I was like you know what I'll join this chess club it's a uh, low pressure low stakes I got partnered up with a guy from the from Ukraine if you can believe that I don't believe our company is based in Ukraine I think it's just like through these this software that we use to join to play chess we can get teamed up with all sorts of people anyway they, we've got three days to make a move which is nice and I'm like I can handle that 
make a move every three days. I like that. So I'll try the chess club. I'll see how I see how I do. Why does Adam twenty two think it was a good idea to get a Lisa Simpson tattooed on his face? Did he lose a bet? <laughs> Look, I know that guy's up to some weird shenanigans. I don't want to get into it, but uh by the way, Adam twenty two <laughs> he's from my city. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's like us this is the kind of people that we uh the city births. What does that say from say about me? I think he went to the same high school as my daughter. Not that he was in the same class or anything, but uh yeah. Adam twenty two. Are you excited about this uh, new season of Feud? I am psyched. I don't know if you remember the show. Uh, it's, uh, what is it, Ryan Murphy is the guy who created it. This is the guy who created Glee. He created this show, Feud, some years ago. with uh, And it was the story of Betty Davis. And who was the other one? Shoot, of course I can't remember. Let me look it up. Didn't do any work before this podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. Oh, my God, that miniseries. It was so fantastic. I loved it. Um, it was basically about the feud between these two, these two actors back in the day. And it was wonderful. This... Uh, I think it's... Did I say Ryan Murphy? That was the guy who created it. It's late here. But uh, I saw that it's coming back. And it's uh, Capote versus the Swans. I was like, I'm all in. I'm all in. And I know nothing about the Swans. <laughs> all I saw was that, you know, it looked like uh, it was about Truman Capote and his... Uh, and a feud that he had with these... New York socialites. Oh, I was like, yes, this is going to be so good. And I hope it is. I hope it's good. I think Demi Moore's in it. Chloe Sevigny. I like her a lot. I'm psyched. Looking forward to that. Is it me or does Motorhead's Ace of Spades sound like he's singing David Spade? David Spade! <laughs> oh, dear. My mom called me. She couldn't find the Patriots game on TV today. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, Mom. Let me look it. I had to look it up. I don't know. I'm going to watch these things. I need some more chocolate. <laughs> to get through this. Oh, my gosh. It's late. It's after 10. I'll be up all night. Um... Damn, man. A little bit of cranberry juice here. Okay. I've exhausted what I'd had for you. So, I do have a couple clips, alright? So, uh, give me the clip music, por favor. Whenever there's trouble,
Okay. Uh, this first clip is uh, Frank Zappa. I am not a Frank Zappa fan at all. I've watched documentaries on Frank Zappa. I've heard some of his music. I don't actively seek it out. I was once on a long, on a long car ride where they were playing Frank Zappa because people in the car were fans of him. Uh, it's not for me, <laughs> okay? I understand people love Frank Zappa. Not for me. But I did like this clip, and uh, this was Frank Zappa in 1971 being asked about his thoughts on uh, politics in America. Mind you, this is 1971, so what, 50, 52, 53 years ago. Check this out, Frank Zappa being asked about American politics in 1971. What do you think of the present situation here in the States, I mean, politically? Well, it's a little frightening at times. I'm still optimistic about it. Because America is such a crazy place. I mean, it's when you consider that you can elect a person like Richard Nixon just by running the proper type of television advertising campaign, it's possible that a person with an equal amount of money for the same size campaign, he spent $22 million to convince a bunch of people to vote for him, that he was a good bet for the presidency. Anybody else with $22 million and the right kind of PR firm could do the same thing? $22 million. That's 1971 money. Imagine how far... $22 million would take a politician now? Probably not far. That probably, that probably wouldn't be enough to pay for, like, airfare for, like, a politician and their entire team to get them from place to place to cam just to campaign, I'm guessing. Yeah, interesting, huh? I guess it's, that's kind of dark. I don't know, but, um, but I thought it was uh, kind of insightful especially for 1971. Okay, the other clip I had for you was uh, one of my favorite comedians, Cat Williams. If you were on TikTok at all this week, and uh, you may have come across these Cat Williams clips from this uh, podcast he did. This, uh, I think it was like a three and a half, three and a half plus hour interview with a gentleman by the name of Shannon Sharp. You'll have to forgive me. I know nothing about sports, but supposedly... This fellow, Shannon Sharp, has a podcast where he speaks with all kinds of different people. And Cat Williams had a lot to say about a lot of people <laughs> in Hollywood. And uh, Cat Williams is a fantastic communicator. Hilariously funny gentleman. And uh, very, very intelligent. Um, and one clip that I came across... Uh, and I only saw this clip once, and I, 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 I tagged it because I said, i got to play this for the listeners. I thought this was pretty astute of him. But uh, Shannon Sharp asks Cat Williams about cancel culture and about comedians being able to say what they want to say and if that's, um, if that's changed since the 70s and 80s. And I really liked Cat Williams' answer. And I'm going to play it for you right now. So here's, again... Shannon Sharp asking Cat Williams about freedom of speech in uh, 2024 and comedians. Check it out. Do you believe you could tell the same jokes today as when you started out? 
I mean, Eddie Murphy not telling those jokes. Richard Pryor not being able, wouldn't be able to tell those jokes in 2024 that they told in the 70s and the 80s. So they wouldn't have told them. But that's my point. They're not inferior people. No. If they were in this time, they would be going according to our time. Just like then, we were going according to that. Like, that's how it is in the world. There are words that we can use for a while. And when we use them for a while until somebody says, that ain't a good word. Yeah. We should stop saying that. Correct. That don't make people feel good. And we stop saying the word. And we move on to another word. You can't say the R word. You can certainly say special needs. Yeah. You can certainly say spectrum. Peace, you can, you can, you, there are things that you can say to get your point that don't have to hurt people. Right. But you would know that if what you did was construct the English language for a living, mm -hmm. then you would understand that part. Pretty good, right? I like that. Mark Maron has said this a lot, too, if you've listened to him the last couple of years, as, as um, certain other comedians who I won't name <laughs> have complained about cancel culture and not being able to say whatever they want. And uh, I think Kat's, Kat's uh, take on this was pretty astute. Get better, get better at jokes. You know what I mean? In English language, there's a lot of ways to express what you want to say. And uh, why would you... Uh, why would you use words that uh, people are offended by or hurt certain people, certain groups of people? You know what I mean? Good for Cat Williams. Anyway, at this point, I think I am going to hand things off to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines, and she is going to give you the chart chat. So without any further ado, take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week. I heard from Jill, Jeffrey, Melinda, Sarah, who let me know she does remember Let Me Love You, Sherry, Tavy, Bob, and Mary. Uh, this week, we have another roundup of song parodies used in ads. Going forward, I don't want to do Christmas ones because this holiday season, I just realized there's so many of them. But I did want to thank Melinda for letting me know about the Pennsylvania Lotteries. 12 Days of Christmas jingle, which according to the commenters on YouTube is a cherished holiday tradition for residents of the Keystone State since at least 1992. Before I get into the pop songs, I wanted to mention a couple from operas and one from a musical. In Verdi's Il Trovatore, there's a song called The Anvil Chorus, and that was used in an ad for the U.S. West Direct Yellow Pages, and that really had haunted my memory for a long time and then I found it in a big compilation someone made of a lot of Yellow Pages ads. In that compilation I saw that there was also it had to be used. The theme of a lot of their ads was that that people use the Yellow Pages so it had to be you became it had to be used and then the Anvil Chorus was about how it's used and used and abused and those ran in the early 90s. Uh, from Bizet's Carmen, the, the main theme people know from that is Habanera, also known La Mor Est Un Rizzo Rebel. That was from 1875, and in 2002, MTV did Carmen, a hip-hopera that Beyonce starred in, and she also had a tie-in Pepsi commercial where she sang uh, new lyrics in English about a guy losing his Pepsi can, and you can, there's a minute version and a 30-second version of that one. In 1943, Rodgers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma debuted with the song Oh What a Beautiful Morning. And from 2022 to present, there's been T-Mobile ads with actors from Scrubs, and in one of them they sing new lyrics to the tune of that song. Frank Sinatra's Love and Marriage has been used in many different ads. Um, the one that came to my mind first was Campbell's Super Combo from 1989, 
which was like an item in your grocer's freezer that had a soup and sandwich built together and I wanted it and of course my mom wouldn't let me get it and she was probably right but I did want to try it. When I was researching this I came to find out that was kind of like a callback to their own advertising of going back to at least 1961 where they had this to the same tune was soup and sandwich. Again looking at commenters I guess there was a horse in, the, in a recent Kentucky Derby called Soup and Sandwich is a deliberate reference to that jingle. Love and Marriage was also used to advertise Duncan Hines cookies in 1985 and Fruit and Fiber cereal in 92. And I just think it's funny that that song had been used as the theme from Married with Children since 87 and that it was also being used to advertise products. So you wouldn't think that would necessarily be a big product booster, but it was a very popular show. Uh, and I learned that there's been a bunch of covers of Love and Marriage, including Dinah Shore also had a very popular version. The McGuire sisters had a hit in late 57 and early 58 with a song called Sugar Time, and that was later used as a jingle for Bagel Bites, and I don't really know why that didn't occur to me sooner. The Bagel Bites creators were inspired by a serving suggestion on a bag of Lender's Bagels, which I found interesting, and those ads were from 1996 and onward. Up next is the song Do You Believe in Magic by The Love and Spoonful. That was a hit in 1965. And then starting from 92, that was used as a jingle for McDonald's. And this is another one. There's two different versions. There's a longer version with an intro and the phrase hamburgers that talk. And then a shorter one that I think ran a lot more often. Uh, another, I don't know why it took me so long, but it was actually inspired by something a drag race contestant said. Uh, they said, I can't help myself, and it unlocked a memory of the Four Tops song, I Can't Help Myself, Sugar Pie Honey Bunch, being used for Duncan Hines baking products, baking mixes, and I found multiple examples of those ads online, and in the related, I saw that their song, the same old song, had also been used to advertise Velveeta shells and cheese, so it's kind of taking shots at rice and potatoes, and why don't you have some nice shells and cheese instead? I had forgotten that one entirely, but... Um, it seems that they did get Levi Stubbs of the group to record those jingles. And those were in 87 for Duncan Hines and 96 for Velveeta with the full quartet. And I found that long version of McDonald's Do You Believe in Magic? Someone had posted a big compilation of basically all the ads that aired during a 1992 special on Euro Disney. And one of the other ads in that compilation was for M&M's, and it was Olympics-themed, being from 92, and it had a little bit of a jingle that sounded like the Candyman. And so I did a little bit of research, and I found out that starting from the late 70s, like 76 and onward, they had their own version of Candyman called the M&M's Man, and they had live-action and animated versions of the M&M's Man. And then in 2016... They brought the, brought the jingle back um, with Zed and Aloe Black did a new version in 2016 with new lyrics, but to the tune of the Candyman. And they made a full song of it. Um, and there was a big ad blitz for that one. Up next is one that I learned about from listening to Double Threat podcast. The song I Love by Tom T. Hall came out in 1972 or 73 and was a decent hit for him. And it's just kind of listing all the things that he loves. And Brett on Double Threat revealed that when the ad wizards at Coors Light wanted to make a new ad, they that Ann Twin song was inspired by I Love. And so it's just, again, them listing things that they love. And I would never have known that if the, the, the guys behind the ad basically admitted it. And I don't know why they did, but I'll never uncouple those songs, I guess, now. Or that song and that jingle. Next, I wanted to share an awesome example I've learned about from my friend Tony that he shared with me. In 80, 
81, Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes was a smash hit. And then in 82, it was used to advertise 7-Up in a Pac-Man-themed ad. And they got a great sound alike for Kim Carnes. You've got your Pac-Man. It kind of becomes red like the cool like the cool spot character, but that wouldn't come around until 87. In the ad, the person playing the video game cabinet drinks 7-Up and the little red Pac-Man drinks 7-Up as well. And the ghosts also do. And then that cool spot character went on to have his own video game. So I don't know if it all traces back to this or, or what, but um, in researching this, I also learned that Betty Davis Eyes was a cover and the original was co-written and sung by Jackie DeShannon. And it's quite a different style. Up next, uh, Starship had a big hit with We Built This City in 1985. And then in 2023, the company Front Door made a version called We Fixed This Toilet. I'd like to thank Bob Sellers for telling me about this one. And he also shared... Uh, kind of a behind-the-scenes on the uh, magic Ozempic ads. Front Door is associated with American Home Shield, which I've kind of just heard nothing but bad things about. Uh, but Front Door, the I just think the concept is they will talk you through doing your own home repairs. And also in the 80s, Don't Worry, Be Happy was a huge hit for Bobby McFerrin in 1988. And then in 1998, it got used as Don't Worry, Drive Happy for Alamo Car Rental. So another one of these ones that they don't really change a whole lot, but we still count it. In 99, Brian McKnight had a big hit with his song Back at One. And then in 2023, he appeared in and sang in an ad for Chili's to spotlight their three for me deal and i think he's really he's funny in this and he's still got the pipes he sounds great um i feel like this one uh may have been inspired by the success of scoop there it is you know of having stars come back and sing a parody of their own song in a commercial and kind of having some humor in it as well um another one that's kind of like that is uh in 2002 nelly had a hit with his song hot in here and that was used in 2021 to advertise lay's flaming hot chips and this one's kind of cute. Like it's a woman just singing the song by herself, singing a parody to herself. And then she goes on her balcony and realizes Nellie can hear her singing. And I think it's cute because they don't have her singing the best, but she's still having fun. And that's what counts. Also connected to uh, Double Threat, oddly enough, because I heard an audio version of the ad before the podcast. But there are also TV versions. Blackstreet. And they were actually, the song is credited to Blackstreet featuring Dr. Dre and Queen Penn had a hit with No Diggity in 1996. And then in 2023, Cheetos Mac and Cheese used this in their ads with lyric, I like the way you stir it. I can't even imagine Cheetos Mac and Cheese. I got different flavors. It sounds very, very intense. I learned in my research that the song, original song, No Diggity, samples Grandma's Hands by Bill Withers. And uh, that's a really nice song to check out. And in this, how he's singing it, it, he kind of has a little bit of a flow in his singing that you could see where it would make sense to rap over that. And the last song I want to mention, and it's the newest song by far in any of these three installments, uh, Combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell by Das Racist. Uh, it came out in 2008. I think it started getting attention in 2009. And then I heard it recently in an ad for Instacart. I'm at the Combination Football Game and Grocery Store showing that you can order your groceries from anywhere. As always, I'd like to say thank you to the people who upload the old ads and to any everyone who sends in ones that they see or ones that they remember. If anybody has any predictions or songs that they're surprised have not been used yet, or if there's any songs that would absolutely devastate you to hear used in a commercial, I'd be interested to hear about that. Well, that's all the time for me this week. Thanks so much for listening. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. Amazing work. 
This has been episode 314 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace.